This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning, Amber. <laughs> Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. We're so, so happy glad to be here. you're joining us. Do you like my American accent? Yeah, it was convincing. I'm going to see how long I can do it for it before it really irritates you. Wait, you stopped already, right? No, oh, I that was, was doing it. it. Oh, oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> Try again. Read the next bit. In. So thank you so much for joining us today, guys. It's always fun knowing that more people are here, but little old me and Jenna. How am I going so far? It was good except for more and Jenna. <sighs> Fail other, again. Otherwise, pretty good. Okay. Anyway, I don't feel like <laughs> myself. I got to shake it off. <laughs> shake it off. You have a beautiful okay. accent. You too. Thanks. Except I don't have an accent. You do. I'm well, talking normally. We're in America, so <laughs> I could argue. <laughs> Hey guys. Hi. I'm so happy to be here today. I really love getting involved with Jenna in these conversations and it really doesn't count unless you're here with us. So thank you so much for joining us. Today is a very amazing, interesting, magical topic just for something different. Um, <laughs> and Jenna lives in this world 24-7. Oh yes, 24-7. So it's <laughs> it's going to be full of goodies, this one. So today's topic is spirit talks in coincidences. Jenna, I know you've got a definition up your sleeve for this one. Right. Oh yes, I do. Here is my definition for spirit speaks in coincidences. Synchronicity, coincidences, mathematically improbable happenings. Some, still stuck in the old paradigm, might think these are random and meaningless. However, many of us on the spiritual path know that these moments of coincidence are of utmost importance and form sign, signposts down the path toward our greatest attainment. So are you saying if I don't believe in coincidences all the time, I'm not spiritual? Um, I mean, I guess spiritual is a weird kind of term that could be triggering to some. So I, I don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, I heard you read that. I'm like, wait a second. You're saying I'm not spiritual because I don't believe but in wait, coincidences. You, are you saying you don't believe in coincidences? No, I do. But I, are I you don't know if for you those, and I are on are the you same the, page. For those who don't? Well, I am speaking for those who don't. But at the same time, you and I may not be on the same page of what a coincidence means. Yeah, we're about to find out. Yes, we are. We're about to find out where we're at with that. So if you do or don't believe in coincidences, it doesn't mean that you're you're better or less. No, I'm just saying, okay, what I was trying to say was people who have opened up to their multidimensional aspects, parts of their energy which are existing in a spiritual dimension, not in a material dimension. I believe that there's a bigger force in themselves that may be playing a role and lead to lead them somewhere in their lives or communicate with them. Sure. Those who are open and connected to that might notice and follow coincidences. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) High five. That's good. (laughs) Okay, great. So... When did you first discover this particular theory that we're going to get into today on coincidences? Okay, so the first reference point that I ever had in my life um, that said that coincidences were meaningful was the book, The Celestine Prophecy, which my father gave me around age 12 and I read. At that time, I did not have a spiritual aspect to my life. I was 100% in material consciousness. I had been raised by my mother's family who are all scientists, doctors, um, things of that nature. They completely believed in, quote, science, even though it's, if you look at the history of science, it's constantly changing and evolving. So I don't know why they think the science of this moment is the end-all be-all of science and all it's ever going to be. But 
that aside. Um, well, there are particular golden rules in science, right? Well, I'd, that say, that I'd say the golden rule in science is um, the scientific method, which in my understanding means that if I do a test, if I test something and you test something, we're going to come to the same conclusion independently of each other. And that's truth. For, I mean, for, that's for scientific truth, truth, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, but of course, in that, there is an interpretation of that. So it's like, you, we might experience the same thing, like, but then we might interpret them differently as well. So there is a, there's human interpretation in science as well. But let's not get into science. Let's get into coincidences. <laughs> so Way basically, I did not believe in God. I did not believe in Santa Claus. I did not believe in the Tooth Fairy. Like, I did Aww. not believe in Where any of that. Where was your childhood? That my my family did not um, entertain anything that they thought was a fantasy that they thought they were Aww. lying to me about. So they didn't. I didn't believe in any of that stuff. And to be honest, I'm a little bit on the fence about lying to my kid about things I know don't exist. Yeah, like there's a part of I'm me not that just tell wants my to be kid. really honest. That Why? listen, Santa Claus is just well. What I tell what I tell my kid about Santa is that Santa is a is a real manifestation of the Christmas spirit, a personification of the Christmas spirit. And that's very real, you know? So I don't want my son to go to school and bust everyone else's bubbles about like, hey, guess what? So Can you just say it in a really tricky way. I say it in so a tricky, confused but about true it. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. <laughs> so Easter Bunny. Same thing. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, what else is there? Like fairies and uh, gnomes fairy? and all that stuff. We haven't got there yet. Okay, got it. Have all you right, got, no, you haven't got to the fairy yet? I don't know, to be honest, I kind of believe in fairies. So for me to be telling him, we're going but really off topic. Do you believe a fairy will replace the tooth from under his pillow with no, a dollar I don't bill? Believe or do you that. think that you're going to be the one out to do that? I will definitely be the one to do that. <laughs> but the concept of fairies, I think they could be there. Oh, totally. Fairies yeah. and elementals, me too. But now we're talking about another dimensional space because they're not existing in our material dimension, hence why science has not been able to capture one capture one and test Do it a, in a test tube yeah so okay so anyway back to the celestine prophecy i had read that book and that is about spiritual awakening and um it was written in the, in the 90s before this was all very like hip and trendy <laughs> thank god it's hip and trendy now thank goodness thank, i love that yeah it's the best fad i've the ever best seen. fad i've ever seen um so i when i read it i didn't really believe it the first chapter i believe is about coincidences and how they are leading you somewhere. So that was the first um, time I had ever heard that as a theory or as a reference point. Now, when I heard that, I didn't believe it. I just, I just sort of took it in. Now, I have to under, you have to also understand that my father is currently a, you know, psychic and energetic healer. And after my parents got divorced, he went into that full time, which was right after about he gave me that book. So at that time, and I didn't really see my dad much after that for a long time. So what I'm trying to tell you is my dad, I think I have a lot of spiritual, I guess you could you call it, it blood from, from my dad. Yeah. So I had it brewing in me, but it was completely frustrated and it was not expressed, expressed at, all. at all. So I had that as a reference point. And then I didn't really do anything with that until I was about 15. Now, when I was about 15, I'd say I went through somewhat of a, I guess you could call an existential crisis in the true sense of the word of like 
because I was in material consciousness, I was sort of had the moment of like, what is my life means nothing? Like, what is my existence? Like, what should I do with my life? Like, who am I? All of that sort of stuff, which you might be normal for that age. I'm not sure. Um, I feel like that's the age where we start to understand the separate, the true sense of separateness from the parents and then autonomy with the world. So mm -hmm. for me at 15, there was a sense of overwhelm of, I got bigger concepts like I have to make my own money. I have to work out what I'm meant to be doing with my life. And it's all up to me. Yes. And that's really overwhelming. It is overwhelming. So and you had one of them. I had one of them. And um, I actually was very, always very attracted to philosophy, mythology, um, actually religion in the study of it from sort of uh, an anthropological view because I actually have a master's in anthropology of religion. So clearly I kept going down that path. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that um, it sort of activated something activated in me. And I had, um, I remember I went to church a couple times with this one friend. I was completely fascinated. I got a Bible from a friend. I was reading it like in my room and um, I saw in there, some things that really resonated. And one thing that really made me curious was it said that those who seek shall find, that those who seek God will find. So I didn't believe in God. I really couldn't believe it, but there was something in me that was so, that wanted to. Mm. So I was like, I, I, I remember sitting in my room and it was like a grand challenge to the universe. I remember looking up at an empty room ceiling and being like, God, if you exist, prove it to me. Strike me with lightning. And like, I am a seeker. I am that seeker archetype in a way. Like I, I was a philosophy major in, in college and, um, I am like that seeker for truth. So I believed that I was seeking. And if it was, if there was anything to find, like I was going to find it. So I made that challenge to God and lo and behold, something quite magical started to happen in my life, which really had a lot to do with coincidences. Now, let me explain what happened. So everything that happened was a coincidence after that. So what started happening is that I started to see, the first thing I noticed was that I started to see cars with one headlight, which I had never noticed before. But I noticed this to an extreme degree. It was like I was noticing cars with one headlight everywhere. And it was like making me feel like this feeling of like, I don't know, but something else some is significance. The scenes yeah, there was a significance to it. And I would see it and things would happen like coincidences would happen. Like I'd be talking to my friends. I went to a very science and math centric prep school. So um, all my friends were sort of like scientific as well. And so I would be talking to them and I'd say, you guys, it's so weird. I've been noticing cars with one headlight all the time and it's like spooky and weird. And they'll say, Jenna, take an ad. And though. they'd be like, Jenna, you're just noticing it because you're like, you once you start noticing something, then you just notice it everywhere and you're just looking for it. And I'd be like, yeah, that, that probably is true. That actually, that yeah, that makes sense. And then like literally as I'm telling them, we're on like a deserted road and like a car will come, comes out of the mist and it's like one headlight and everyone like gets Spooky chills and it was like, it was weird and it kept proving itself. It, and that's what, and it was just a coincidence for there to be a car that came down the, the, mm -hmm. at that moment. That was a coincidence. Yeah, it's hard to ignore that one. But it, but it was hard to ignore, you know, and it started, they were building. And then I okay, also started that. Can, can I ask uh -huh. you, how do you not know 
you've looked, okay, this book has activated a concept for you that you're really interested in. But and that then was all of a sudden, okay, that was a couple before. of years ago. And I wasn't thinking of this book when this happened. Okay, but it's in your psyche somewhere. It is somewhere, somewhere in, in my your, psyche, yes. Okay, so, and then all of a sudden you're interested in this theory and I know for me, a lot of the time, once I get wrapped up in a theory or it's in the back of my mind, I start seeing it everywhere. Mm. And I know that there's a part of my mind that is looking for that because mm. I now want to test out that theory mm. or I'm really interested or passionate in it. And so I start seeing it everywhere. How can you decipher what is your mind that's looking for it and what is spirit talking to you through this communication method of coincidences? Well, at this point in my story, I didn't think anything of it really. And I couldn't come to any connection of like, this is spirit talking to me. Like I was just like, wow, this is weird. You know, it's weird and it feels significant, but, um, I, I didn't see, I didn't see it as proof of, of spirit speaking to me yet. Uh, but then it just sort of intensified. So what happened next was, um, and, and as soon as I was ready, ready to write it off, like, and be like, the, exactly what you just said, like, I'm looking for it. Um, I'm, surely there is a Surely difference. there is a point, like there's something in my mind that's just interested in this. I want to prove it. I want to believe in God. I don't want to believe this life is everything there is. And like I, as a person in material consciousness, a skeptic, a serious skeptic at that point in my life, um, I talked myself out of the fact that it could be significant. And I had that exact, I came at myself with that exact conversation. Okay. So I was like, this is just myself, like noticing it, whatever. And then, um, it intensified. This is all when I was in high school. It intensified to streetlights going out, streetlights going out when I was under them. Mm -hmm. So I would drive under streetlights and it would be like, (laughs) every streetlight would go out. And it was very spooky. Like, uh, wait a second, you're driving down the road and out of nowhere, street yes. lights are going out yes. all along the yes. block. Just yes. that one time or yes. it kept happening the next no, day? No, it happened like as very frequently. Like I would look at a street light and it would go out or I would like drive under a street light and it would go out. So do you believe that? Okay. So just to pause this for a second, I find that when um, you and I just now regular conversations in life, Whenever I say to you, oh, I bumped into so-and-so when we were just looking at their Instagram feed yesterday, and whenever I say anything like that, you every single time you are a legitimate, avid believer in coincidences. <coughs> well, now I am. a meaning, have a deeper meaning. I, now I am, but I'm, this is like, you yeah, know, so more this than, is, this is 20 years ago. Okay, so this is my question. Do you believe that there is anything, do you believe that um, events can be non-coincidental? Like, do you believe that I can look at someone's Instagram and bump into the the next day and that just be, I don't know, just because, just kind of like... No, I don't think... I, I think it's a grand design. At this point, and now we're skipping forward to my current understanding, I my current understanding that it is that it's a grand design. So there there's there's nothing by chance. I think that if you're drawn to like look at someone's coincidence... Uh, Instagram randomly and then the next day you see them that was like your higher self or your spirit team like drawing you to to look at their okay so and my next question is do you think seeing as though we kind of follow this theory of we are the creators of our experience do you think that that's you manifesting that coincidence or do you think that that's a separate I I, I think our I think our higher selves is what is noticing it. And our higher self is sitting literally with our spirit team. So it's a, it's 
something that happens co-creation co-creation between self and spirit team and then also to notice the coincidence and to bring your thoughts to what would then be a coincidence you know um because also for me to look at street lights and go out or to see a car with one headlight i have to be looking in that direction i wouldn't notice it if i was reading a book i wouldn't notice it so there is an element of me also looking in the right direction so that's why i feel like it is it's something internal like um yeah, I feel like it's the higher self, like navigating, navigating you. you. But don't you think that there's a certain type of brain that notices details and are attracted to those details and notices sure. those things? Maybe that's things? one that's higher, like more in touch with the higher self, like more open with channels of communication with the higher self and spirit team. I mean, if I, for instance, I have quite a few friends that have OCD. So if they had that type of brain that have that attention to detail, do you think they would be more inclined to be spotting coincidences everywhere compared to someone who's a little bit more um, not savvy to the detail, well, to the I visual stimuli? I think savviness and I don't know about visual detail. Um, yeah, because like I said, you would notice it. If, it's your, if your higher self is directing you to notice, then you would notice uh, but I do think that like noticing patterns is a sign of intelligence and people with OCD are usually highly high, more, more intelligent. So there could be a connection or at least, yeah, a correlation. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but sorry, I kind of cut your story off. No. So anyway, I suffice to say that just trying to figure out how to even tell you like how it all culminated <laughs> into like where I am now. But it did start there with coincidences. And um, let me fast forward now to a couple years. I, I, let's just say enough happened that was spooky that caused me to realize. Investigate. It, it opened the doors and it caused me to go deeper there. It like opened the Okay, so door. coincidences were your activation it to activated me to investigating wait, the this spiritual is weird. realm. This is something interesting. This, it's like an episode of X-Files. Like yeah. how, what, uh, I need to get to the bottom of this. Do you know what I mean? So I just kept going down more and more and more and uncovering more and more. And it was like this gradual process and I was led by coincidences. So now let me fast forward a little bit to when I'm in college. And this is the moment that I really had a major spiritual awakening um, where I realized that everything was energy. So, and also we just say that I, I've also heard... Um, from a lot of people who like talk to dead people, you know, media, psychic mediums that, um, that spirit can, uh, manipulate light bulbs and like lights. That's one thing that's easier for them to manipulate. Mm -hmm. So that could be something that they are manipulating within your, con you know, around you. Oh, as in like, that's the way spirit talks to yeah. you. Three coincidences. Uh, think, they know, are manipulating. About, well, think about spirit. Energy. Like even like, whether it be like dead spirits or your spirit guides, it's hard. They're in a spiritual dimension. It's hard for them to get enough energy to come through and actually access here in this dense material d dimension. So there are certain things which are easier for them in our material mm -hmm. world to manipulate. Yeah, like energy. Like li anything that's energy. Yeah. So like light is energy. So things that are, have to do with lights are easier for them to manipulate. Mm -hmm. So you might notice if there's a ghost in your house, you might notice I a light a going lot. on and yeah. off or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> just to get back to those street lights and headlights and everything. Um, <laughs> which also, if you're I'm not... You're convincing me. I, I mean, not that I'm a skeptic with coincidences and it being connected to something bigger at all, but I do think that there is... A, I, I think the duality of life exists and in this conversation we're having i think the mind does play a role in things and it isn't 100 percent spirit talking to you i think that we but can also be looking for things 
and then we see them and it's just simply your mind noticing things or maybe it's us creating it but and manifesting because we're focusing on that so much. But all those are the same to me. Like they, they're they're not mutually exclusive. It's not like it has to be that way and so it's not this that other way. It's like to me the mind noticing something and f- fixating on it why? Why would your mind notice something and fixate on it? Why? Because that is your higher self directing that th- with spirit. So for me, it's all... But what about ego? What if it's not your higher self and your ego... Okay, for instance, let me tell you my little story. So times in my life where I've been... Where my world has kind of been rocked. So for instance, say I've just had a major breakup and all of a sudden I'm completely heartbroken and everywhere I go, I see... Um, heartbroken br- messages. So I, I, I go into the car and I switch on the radio and the first song on the radio is about a broken heart and how you're never going to recover or whatever, whatever. And then I get out and a billboard directly in front of me is has the exact same type of message. And then I overhear people talking in the cafe and the girl's talking about how she just got broken up and whatever. So how much of that do you think is, say... Um, me creating it out of my mind because I'm looking for that, um, you know, that that company to have with me yeah. in my grief well, and how much of it is to, the universe kind of... To me, how I interpret that, what you just said, is uh, to me, there's no ego involved in that. It's like you're hurting and that's like spirit's way of being like, I'm here, like just with you and just like you said, reflecting back like your experience to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, yeah, I think that's spirit's way of being like, I'm with you. I got you. I know your, I know your pain. Like we're, we're going through this and this is where you're at right now. And it's honor that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't want to discount the conversation of the mind is the, the mind's function in our reality and in our life and its ability to you know, kind of it's navigate us subconsciously. Because I think our mind, if we're coming from mind, if we're coming from the brain energy, we're not going to be noticing coincidences as much to me. Like to me, when I come from like, my... Do your parents believe in coincidences? Well, oh, sorry, one does no, and sorry, one doesn't. I know, your family, that's very scientific. But do like my dad does and my, my mom doesn't, you know? And so when you're coming from the brain, like my mom's side of the family, you're going to say, oh, that's just a coincidence, or you're not going to follow it, or you're not going to notice it, or you're just going to think it's meaningless. Because when you come from the mind, that's what the mind... That's how you decipher it. That's That's how you've been trained That's what That's how the mind deciphers it. it. Got it. You know, but the heart deciphers it as, no, there's something more here, you know? Mm And so it could be like an at odds. I'd say often people p- people are at odds between their mind and their heart when it comes to coincidence. Even now, I am. Like, I see a butterfly at a specific moment, and I'm like, wait, is that that? Or am I just making that? You know, like, even now, I like have you don't that. think it's a butterfly? No, I think it's a butterfly, but... <laughs> you mean... Oh, oh, what I do well, believe like, in, well, what you're getting into is well, like spirit animal stuff, right? No, like, what I was going to say is like when you, I don't want to be too like revealing for your life, but whatever, I'm going to be. So like when you did have a miscarriage and I was, um, I, you were actually in the doctor finding out if it was going to be a miscarriage or not. And I was like working outside and 
a butterfly, like literally as you were going in the doctor, this white butterfly came like right next to me and like just flew right over. And I had this sense of like, this is the spirit of that baby just being like, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm free. No, but did you know that I was going in I to find out whether in. it was going to be yes. a miscarriage or not? Now, didn't your mind place a definition on that butterfly well, see, and its meaning? What I'm saying is like, I questioned it. Like my mind was like, am I just putting a meaning on this? Like that was my mind's like response. Mm-hmm. But my heart was like, no, I think that it was a sign for me. Like my heart felt like it was a sign from the baby spirit that, that she was fine and free and just fine. Like she's well and she's out there and she's still, and she's around us and she's free. That was what my heart said, but my mind said, it's just a butterfly. Like just making up that making it up. So even me now, I still have that conversation between my mind and my heart, but I'm learning more to trust my heart Mm. and to not trust my mind. Yeah. I completely agree with you there. I think that's, I think that's the seed of this whole conversation. I think that's a really, really important under thread that we're talking about is understanding the difference between the mind and the head. And I personally the brain think lies. it's the mind lies. Actually, Yeah. But I also think the that to survive in this reality that we've been put in, we need to know how to use the mind in a way to benefit us keeping up with this current reality we're in, but not to, the mind is not the ego to switch to off me. the importance and the power of the heart. And I think, think that it's a navigation between them two and to know which when to use which one okay well yeah you go ahead with you switching it out like between and I'm at this point really trying to quiet my mind and go with my heart. But only because you can afford to. You have a husband looking after you financially. If you didn't have that and if you had to survive. And I, I would I would still take that as training to go for my heart. And the reason I know is like I have a lot of, of friends that um, – you know, like Facebook friends that are in very tough financial situations. And when they choose to go with the mind, it leads to fear. It leads to just an intensification of like their current situation. But when they go from heart and they trust, that is when miracles happen. So you don't think that there's any place for the practicality of the mind in our current reality that we're living in? I think in the 3D, I'm sorry, in the third dimensional material consciousness is where there is a place for it. But as we're stepping, and right now we're kind of straddling the two, so yes, there is a place for it, but I am invested in the new paradigm. So I am invested much more in the intelligence of the heart than in the intelligence of the mind. Now, for me, I was very trained in the mind's intelligence, you know, like very trained in school by my family. It was like all about the mind. So for me, maybe just my own personal self, it's about deprogramming that and like listening more to my heart. But for others who are not as used to going from the mind, maybe they do need to develop that. I'm not sure. You see, I got to argue with you on this point because I feel as though there's an element of pushing against what is inherently part of us. And I feel as though the way to empowerment and the way to a kind of flowing life is acceptance of what is. And I feel like this whole death of the ego and pushing away the mind when it's an inherent part of us is just creating more resistance. Okay, well, this is what I would say to that is that, you know, if you go to like Freudian psychology, psychoanalysis, the ego, the ego mind is formed by society. So it is a product necessary. How can it be formed by society when we're born with it? No, well, we're, we're, we're really born with the, the id. Like we are born in like, according to Freud, we are born in like an animalistic state. So we would just be like animals, like just like an animal, like getting what we want when we want, like not caring. 
But we're not that as humans because from the moment we're born, we're trained by our parents to live in society and our friends and like this is cool and this is not cool. It'd be cool here. And it's like the, who we think we are is really a, um, a result of our environment. So you think the ego has evolved from social conditioning? Yes. You don't think it's an inherent part of our like structure, our molecular structures and like I don't, our physicality? I don't, no, We're, I don't. You don't think? We're I don't born think with so. It? No. I, I mean, like, so how did it appear in the first place? Just, just the evolution of society. Just the evolution of society and us being forced into this cycle of samsara where we're stuck on this prison planet where we're just, be, our souls are being recycled and like the negatives are controlling the system and they're causing the formation of our egos as such because it's we're easier to control if we're coming from that. That's how I see it. I'm not saying it's right, but that's how I see okay, it. Okay, so however the ego has evolved and however it got here, I have, I for one, have not met any human, uh, maybe Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Perfect example. Let's not all that try I've to be met like him. Jesus, but is it possible? I haven't seen anyone who's been able to eradicate the ego. I have. There's some who, people who I do know. you know who's eradicated the ego? There's some people that I uh, that I follow. Like uh, the person that came to mind is this lady Amanda Lawrence. Um, she lives in Glastonbury, and she just serves Gaia. She just serves Gaia like so all the time. So you think she's love and light twenty four seven? There's not a bad day. There's not a bad thought. There's not a moment of separation. At I think all there is, but yeah, there probably is. But well, that's ego. Okay, but like that's not something that I've really seen from her. But like in any case, even if it, the point is, we're all working on it. And like the people who are able to achieve less and less ego, they are the front runners. They are the people at the I front. I agree. That should be the so, absolute end goal for everyone. Totally. I'm just saying, I'm just saying work on it. If it's not impossible, like if it's not possible to eradicate the ego, we should be understanding its place and how to use it and what's a positive expression and a negative expression of it. And it not be the ego and the mind is this bad thing that spoken we have like to just Leo. Oh, spoken like it. I thought you were about to say that's your ego speaking. That's no. not even you. Um no, no. It's fine. But should we get back to coincidences? <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. Yeah? Is there something else you want to say about that? Well, I mean, whatever. No, we'll just let's just keep going. I'm just going I I just feel like it's all well, part of the conversation fine. that we're having. That's I mean, that's fine though. If if I mean to me like the ego or whether it needs to be eradicated or not as a spiritual practice is I mean, we're talking about it's, the mind and the heart and how you should just live your whole life moving from the heart. I feel like that is a very good goal, but I do think that there's a place for the mind. And that cool. was my point. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck with your one. <laughs> no, I know. Exactly. I'm not, not saying I'm going to achieve it, but I'm, I'm going to say that I will die trying because I don't want to be Jenna. I want to be a vessel of universal love. And I'm 100% committed to that in every moment of my life. So that's my spiritual practice. It doesn't have to be yours or anyone else's. Um, okay, so back to coincidences. Should we get back to it? <laughs> yes. Um, Let's take a deep breath. You ready? Yeah. I release, I let go, I let spirit run the show. Nice. I'm back. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> Getting a little heated. So right. I'm just trying to, I'm just even trying, thinking about this next story that I have on my list to talk about. And it's just it's so even, it's like hard to even talk about, but just because there's so many details and so many coincidences. Um, I have a couple, I have two more stories. So like, 
both of them are kind of long. So if I get too long-winded, Amber, you can stop me. But basically, I also when I was 12, 12 must have been a year of activation for me. Um, that was 1995. So I also went to Greece and Rome with my grandparents for a really long time. And when I was there, and like I said, I didn't have like any spirituality at that point in my life, but I had this extreme soul connection to Greece, ancient Greece and Rome, but very much ancient Greece and especially the goddess Athena. Uh, when I was there with my grandparents at age 12, I got all these Athena statues. I got um, all the Athena iconographic rings and necklaces and things, and I just adorned myself like Athena. Maybe you were Athena in a past life. Or I was like a priestess in the temple of Athena. That's why I, where I think that's where I've landed now. Mm -hmm. But the, again, like the goddess of wisdom and like that, that was like, it felt like me. Like I really, that's the face of the goddess that I most feel associated with. Okay. So flash forward. Now I'm in college. Okay. I went to college at the American university of Paris. Now, one of the wonderful things about AUP is that you get to go on really cool field trips. <laughs> so, um, I took a class that I was, I had to take a history class required to graduate. So, um, the one I chose was about Athens and I took it with my two best friends at the time, which actually that's neither here nor there. Um, but for this class, we lived in Paris. So for this class, we actually got to go to Athens Whoa. for a week or for a couple days at least, maybe like four days or five. So we, when we were in Athens, we each had to do a um, presentation. And of course, I chose my presentation on the goddess of uh, the goddess Athena and how the why she became the, the patron goddess of the city of Athens, because obviously Athens is named after Athena. And um, she had gifted, there was like this myth where she gifted um, them the sacred olive tree. And um, also the boy I liked at that time was named Olivier, which means olive tree. Coincidence. And so um, at that time, so we went to Athens and I was packing in a hurry and I needed a book. I was to just bring. And so I had a book to read like, like in down moments. And I grabbed, literally blindly kind of grabbed off my shelf of all things, the Celestine Prophecy, which I hadn't read since I was 12. Okay, so I, now I'm going to Athens, giving a presentation about Athena on the sacred olive tree. And I have this, the book in my, in my bag is the Celestine Prophecy, which I couldn't even remember because I hadn't read it for 10 years. But I, was, I remember it being like a cool, fun book. And I was like a philosophy major and I was like, ah, oh, this will be nice. Okay, so we go to Athens I stand, so there, she, I get informed in Athens that I'm going to be giving my presentation on the Acropolis, which is Athena's sacred high city in the center of Athens. So I'm, and at the, at the point where in the myth, she actually gifts them a certain olive tree. It's actually growing on the Acropolis. This is where I'm going to be giving my presentation. Okay. So I stand I remember what I was wearing. It was like, it just, I could just like picture myself like looking at myself from above. But I give this like grand presentation about Athena on the Acropolis, standing next to the sacred olive tree. And I'm like, wow, that's, this is so cool. I thought it was going to end there. The next day, we are headed to Delphi, Delphi, where the Delphic Oracle was. Now, my, I told you I was living with my two best, I was, came with my two best friends who were in this class. My best friend was living on the street in Paris called Montparnasse. That's a big street in Paris, okay? Montparnasse, it turns out, coincidentally, is 
named after Mount Parnassus, which is in Greece, which is where Delphi is. Okay, so the next day we're heading to Delphi, and um, remember Athena's the goddess of wisdom. I have all this like Athena energy. We're, it's a really long bus ride from Athens to Delphi. So I'm, we're on the bus. I pull out my book because it's a long bus ride. So I'm reading my book and I literally am reading about how coincidences are super meaningful. And I'm like feeling magic. I'm just feeling this like weird heaviness of just like epic significance for some reason, okay? And we're, we're driving through Athena's sacred olive groves. We have to drive through miles upon miles of Athena's sacred olive groves. And then the guy called Olive, who you're crushing on, comes up no, to No, 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 he wasn't there. Um, Damn. He's not involved other than his name meant Olive Tree, um, but which was a coincidence, you know? That's true. And but now I'm driving through Athena's sacred olive trees, and we arrive at Mount Parnassus, Mount Parnas, I'm where Del- the Delphic Oracle was, and I climb. It's a hill, so I'm climbing up the hill, and I get to the top where the Delphic Oracle used to be back in the day, and I turn around, and it's on a hill, and it's literally for miles. You see Athena's sacred olive groves, and I'm standing at the place where the ancient Delphic Oracle used to be. And in that moment, I had the biggest spiritual revelation that I have ever had in my entire life. And it took me from material consciousness out of material consciousness in one second. And what it was, was that everything was energy. That's truly when I figured it out, that everything, it was like, it hit me like a lightning bolt as I'm like standing there where the Delphic Oracle stood, looking at Athena's sacred olive groves, just having almost embodied her, speaking her story on the Acropolis. And so did, did you literally, literally have had a visuals? vision where I saw, basically, I, I saw, it was like, first I went down all the way to like a molecule, the size of a molecule. And I saw that the, that the building blocks of the molecules are pure energy. And then it took me out to the cosmos. Someone dosed up with some acid. No, I was you. absolutely sober. I was not drinking. I was not smoking. I was doing nothing. I was, I was on a magic mushroom. Come on. No something. magic mushrooms. I was on a college student trip and I was 100% sober, like 100% sober. I believe you. And I was like at school at this moment, you know? And so, and I'm, I'm a serious student. I love school. I know. I'm very <laughs> clear on that. Anyway, so then it took me out to the cosmos and it showed me that like the entirety of the cosmos is all this one big blob of energy with all this intricacy that we see as like the details of the universe and it's a connect interconnected it was an web. interconnectedness that the smallest thing was all pure energy the biggest thing was pure energy i was also taking the freud class at that exact time and in that freud class back in at school that same semester i had learned that freud's entire theory of psychology is also based on an economy of energy because if you have a traumatic event it imprints an energy on you which could affect your psychology or it could pop up as a physical manifestation such as hysterical blindness because freud's original patients were hysterically blind because of psychological events that had happened so he real figured out that events have energy and that this energy can affect you psychologically or physically so i it was at this moment that I realized that truly everything was energy and it changed me. Mm, and that was a combination of coincidences. It was all coincidence. So you feel like all those coincidences were leading you to, to that hill where yes. you got the download yes. revelation yes. that basically set you on the path yes. you are now. 
Yes. So, and it was all because of coincidences. It was a, like a conglomeration of coincidences, which ha- which convinced me and like which showed me. Wow. You know what an epic story. Yeah. We gotta make a mini movie about that. Yeah, that's. That's probably the best story I have, but I have another really good one too. But I don't know if we have too much time, uh, if we have enough time. Let me, can I also interject before I hit you with another story that the tarot and the, the I Ching are also systems of coincidences. So a lot of divination methods are also coincidence. Um, it's like you invite spirit in to like make those coincidences happen, and then that's how they speak to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I pull, if I'm gonna, uh, you're going to ask a question to the I Ching, and then we throw the coins. Every time we throw the coins, that's a coincidence. So what well, what I heard in your story, these are the things like my takeaways that mm. really stood out to me. Mm. Coincidences aren't actually coincidences by mistake. It's, uh, it's an expression of energy. Yeah. So that I think is where you and I can come to a middle ground where we are, I 120% believe and have experienced myself your story about that we are an extension of this energetic force and we're all made of energy. I mean, even science believes that, right? Well, science might not really believe that yet. Oh, okay. But well, they're getting there. String theory suggested. We should send some scientists to our podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, I... Some scientists know. So coincidences like me, as we're kind of unraveling your stories about it, it's seeming, for, for my experience at least, it's seeming like coincidences are... Uh, energetic ex- uh, expression of what maybe you're needing to call in or a part of yourself or yeah. or it, it could be a combination of you and spirit is. creating yes. that in regards to your heart and your mind. Yes, but, but you and spirit are not separate. Yeah, that's true. So it is just one big grand design. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, yeah. And also I it's like that, you know what it's you're coming like up to? It's almost like I don't want to call it coincidence. You're coming up to the question of, which I don't have an answer to, of free will. It's like, are we creating it or is it happening to mm-hmm. us? And I don't really have an answer to that because I could see it's it both It's co-creation, it's both. It's co-creation. I've had clear experiences of, wow, I literally made that happen myself. Like it seems like magic and it just appeared, but I intentionally with my mind, with my energy, with my heart, called that in and created that. And I've had experiences where I've been completely open and I know, and I've prayed about it and I know that it has eventuated because spirit is kind of moving with me and providing it for me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had both, but, but it is a co-creation. Both of those points, I did have a point of dreaming it up and then it gets delivered. So, I mean, co-creation, I think is the answer to that. Totally. Can I give you one more little story? <laughs> I'll, I'll go through it as fast as I can. So this was um, happened in Sedona, Arizona about a year. Wait, before you get into that, can I just have... Yeah, you want to have a little time? D- d- well, well, no, just a little thought about what else came up in your story. Yeah. Just in case the listeners also got it and wanted to touch yeah. upon it. The other thing that really resonated with me um, with your story was... When you st- when you were studying, by the way, clearly you have a photographic memory. Why? <laughs> so jelly. Oh no, just like your ability, your mind's ability to go back into time and recall specific details you don't about think you it was the first. No, I've been doing that with you for like the last couple months. You're good at remembering. Yeah, but that's what you know. Why? That's more of an emotional. Mm. Like I can go back to a visceral feeling mm. 15 years ago, mm. but when it comes down to number, like the third mm. trimester of my second, blah blah blah. Oh, there's right. no way on earth I'd remember. I just numbers for me. Go over the head. Anyway, what you said about um, how you were in that 
Freudian class and they were talking about how he had come to terms with this concept that um, uh, patients of his, he would observe how they would create a physical manifestation of an emotional, mm -hmm. mental issue. Mm -hmm. I have always, I mean, I kind of came to that realization when I was going through my whole um, health crisis with my polycystic ovaries and trying to figure out how to get to the bottom of it. And I started looking into Louise Hay and studying this concept of physical manifestation through an emotional blockage. And I 120% believe in that concept. And mm -hmm. I don't know why it's such a hard concept for other people to understand that we're I so know. holistically connected totally. to all of our senses. And of course, totally. an emotional issue and blockage is going to manifest, which leads me before I forget, and I'm going to let you continue in a second, to a really great idea for a podcast topic. And guys, who whoever's listening, let us know if you're interested in this one. We should do a topic on reading the your body's signs and what your body is trying to communicate mm -hmm. to you through physical manifestations. We should write that down. So for instance, what I've been trying to do that the past two weeks. So going to expose myself. I've just had a another miscarriage. That was when and I saw so, the white butterfly guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jen, nice one, Jenna. <laughs> um, so my baby spirit float past. Yeah. And she was like, I'm good. I'm here. I'm just hanging around. No, I believe it. Um, but the past week I have been thinking, you know, the doctor's been telling me, oh, you know, it's so common. It happens to all the women where we're only, it's just, it's all about chromosomes and this and that. And, and I'm looking at know. her going, no, there is a deeper message. My body is trying to communicate to me and I'm trying to decipher the message. And this is what I want to get into with you next on this coincidences topic. Mm. How do you follow the trail of coincidences? But I get that, but how do you decipher the message that spirit, your higher self is trying to lead you to or trying to explain to you? So pause on that. Can I answer? Or you want me to just be stay paused? Um, <laughs> stay paused for a okay. second. So I was thinking about, you know, if, if I'm manifesting my reality to some degree or co-creating it with spirit, why am I creating a situation where I'm miscarrying a pregnancy that I'm really intentionally I have wanting? That <laughs> and so um, I've been sitting with that the past week thinking, okay, this is not a coincidence because wow. or, wow. or, or is it, it is a coincidence, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that this is now the second miscarriage I've, or sorry, third pregnancy in a row that has been unwillingly terminated so miscarriage ectopic miscarriage right clearly this is not the I, I mean I have just a deep feeling that this is my body trying and my spirit trying to communicate with me and I don't want to miss the message I'm so desperately trying to decipher what the message is before so I got pregnant before I got pregnant with this one, we did I Ching, I did a tarot reading, and I had an acupuncture session, and all three different mediums gave me the same message. That well, sorry, what not a coincidence. Not, not acupuncture, but the other divination techniques we did with each other and with Maja, our witch of the dawn girlfriend. Our go-to go witch. Go shout out, love Maja. 
all gave me the same message that this spirit wants to be wanted, this spirit wants to be called in, and this spirit wants a solid foundation of love in the relationship, things to be really clean, clear, solid, and connected in order for her to feel comfortable coming in. So I Don't you like went, how I know it's a girl? <laughs> so I went to work on what I thought I could do to empower the situation and better my chances. But even then, after going to acupuncture, after working on stuff with Kerry, after really sitting with the spirit and calling it in, I still had another miscarriage. So I've been sitting with it for the past week thinking, what is it that my higher self spirit, my body is trying to communicate with me? How can I get the message so I feel more empowered? in making my goals, dreams, and intentions um, come to fruition with Mm -hmm. this. And I don't know, I'm getting closer and closer, but it's really hard deciphering the message when you have the mind and science concepts and your doctor's opinions. Get the mind out of the situation, first of all. (laughs) And then these other concepts coming in from other people. But what I think I'm coming to is, I don't know. All I can come up with is I need to strengthen my core center as much as I can. Can I tell you what came to me when you're talking? Or is that going to interfere with your process? No. My process is So my process is, I mean, sorry, my thought with that is that, you know, you, as we know, like didn't necessarily, like becoming a mother to you wasn't of utmost importance when you were a kid. And that had to do something with like you, maybe how your mother portrayed motherhood. Um, but I think losing the baby so many times is going to cause you to really want it in a way that maybe you were like, meh, a little bit less like you were like, no, I'll take it or leave it kind of thing. But now you're going to like really want it in the way that like, I really, like I needed to have my kids or I was like going to die. I wanted them so bad, you know? And in order to make it through parenthood, sometimes you have to have that much like want of that child, you know? But how come, I've got to argue with you on that because how come with Valentine, I did not even try. I wasn't trying to get pregnant. I actually thought I was infertile. And it's different. I needed every... many years to warm up to the idea. And without trying, I felt pregnant well, and maybe a healthy, in, beautiful child. Well, maybe in that case, it was like, it was because that was the only way you Valentine would have become a mother. So Do you know bad. what I mean? Yeah, like maybe. it had to just blindsight you and it was the right timing for him. And she, she has her right timing. We haven't reached that point yet. And it's all happening in okay, perfection. Okay, so you're saying but this line of coincidences, to, to bring it all back to our topic today, the line of coincidences of me losing like three pregnancies in a row how do you decipher the message that spirit my higher self my body is trying to express so my answer to that is first of all follow the coincidences and continue down that path go deeper so you're already doing that because you're already going deeper you're already like getting acupuncture you're doing meditations where you're strengthening your core you're working on it so that's one thing that's caused you to do from going deeper another so thing the is coincidence happened to push me yes. to work on the relationship mm-hmm. with carrie go to mm-hmm. acupuncture look at mm-hmm. my health mm-hmm. go on a detox like mm-hmm. and build up a like a yeah, like like you're really, really psychologically ready to have this kid when it does come. Ah, this is and okay, then this another is thing is if okay, so that's the first thing. Pu- so push yourself down that road, and then the second thing is 
meditate. So meditate at call in your guides. I would say put on an energetic protection shield. We will add that link to the show notes. Put on your manifest your uh, protection shield, call in your guides, and then quiet your mind. Do not think of anything. And let the answer come let to you. Let the answer come to you. Mm. Yeah. Also, muscle testing would also work probably. Kinesiology. Um, yes. We should do the I Ching on this as well. So uh, my next story actually was going to be a fertility and conception one. <laughs> How are we going on time? All right. Whack it out. Can you, can you give the cliff notes? Yeah. I'm just going to tell it in like 30 seconds. Okay. So basically this was like one um, year into me trying to get pregnant with my first child and I wasn't getting pregnant and I didn't understand why. And it was our first anniversary of marriage, which was 11-11. We got married on 11-11. So Which was, was not a coincidence. Je- that was very intentional. It was intentional. It was yeah. an intentional coincidence. So 11-11-12, um, <laughs> um, we are in Sedona, Arizona celebrating. You're really pissed you didn't get 11-11-11? Were you like, damn it, should have met you a year before? No, we got married on 11-11-11. Oh, but this was our one-year anniversary. Oh, got it. So this Sorry. Was, this was 11-11-12. Okay. You are the oracle. <laughs> maybe the Delvic oracle is Lisa One Life. Um and so, sorry, you're in your anniversary. In and Arizona. we go to Boynton Canyon Vortex. If you guys know Sedona, it's um it's a, a, a vortex there, and it is a one a tall red rock vortex which you can climb all the way up to the top. But um, so we tried to climb up to the top of it, and we didn't make it all the way up. So we're on this ledge on the vortex, not all the way up. It's like a red rock formation. We start to hear this pan flute, like in the distance, like this this random pan flute sound. And, uh, and so we're like, where's that coming from? But we can't see it where it's coming from. And it sounds like a native pan flute. And then all of a sudden it's getting louder and louder, but we can't tell where it's coming from. And it's like, all of a sudden it's super loud, but we don't know where it's coming from. And so we climb down off the vortex and we look up and there's like this old guy playing the pan flute standing on the top of the vortex. Now we were sitting on it. So I don't know even, I don't know how he got up there, but he's, he's up there. He flew there. up. He was probably an alien. And let me tell you the Sedona, the, um, the symbol of Sedona is Cocapelli, which is a fertility symbol of the native tell Americans. Tell me you made love on the rock. Hold on. With the guy playing the flute. So Please, the God. guy, he's like this old guy. And I don't know if you look, Google what Cocapelli looks like, but it's like this guy playing the pan flute, right? So this guy, is up, this guy is up on the top of this vortex playing the pan flute, looking exactly like Cocapelli. And I'm like, <laughs> that is so weird, right? But we'd think nothing of it. And then um, we start, so he's up there fin- like playing his thing and he, he hops on, when he's done, he hops down like he's a little mountain goat. It's hard to get up and down these vortexes, okay? He hops down, he's talking to people. We're like, that is really crazy. So we, we start walking down, but we choose not to go on the trail. Instead, we follow through the brush, through this, um, this empty riverbed. Okay, so we're walking down the riverbed. That guy is still up there. And as there's nobody around us, we're not on the trail. We're walking through the desert on an empty riverbed. All of a sudden, I hear crunching and somebody's coming up the trail the other way. Lo and behold, it's the same guy that was up there on the vortex. The same guy. He can shape shift. I'm telling you, this guy's an alien. We don't know how he had the time to get around. No time and space for him. Bending laws. It was like crazy, okay? And so... We stop him and I was like, hey, are you that guy who was playing up on the vortex? He's like, yes, I go up onto the vortex with my pan flute and I, I radiate love. 
to everyone and P.S. you're pregnant no, and it's he's an immaculate like, conception. No, he's like, um, so, and we're like, oh, that's so, what's so wonderful. Like we believe in love. Like we are all about spreading the love. Like it's actually today is our anniversary. And he's like, oh, so this must be free. This one must be for you. And he reaches in, your, in his pocket. Oh God, what is it? And he pulls out a red rock that's in the shape of a heart. He was like, I was saving this one for you. And we were like, what? He's like, yeah, I gave all the other ones to other people, but this one, this one I must have been saving for you. And so we were like, oh my God, that is so crazy. And he's like, yeah, go over to these like ruins of these Indians that lived over here. So we, we end up going to these ruins. The next day, Jesse collects pins from everywhere. So he wanted to get a pin from Sedona. We go try to find a pin. The only pins of Sedona are all little shape of Cocapelli. At the same place that he buys the pin of a little tiny pin that says Sedona with Cocapelli playing the pan flute on it. Jesse, who plays instruments like the flute and stuff and like the, he could play instruments like that. He ends up buying buying a pan flute at the same store. And he he can he just knows how to play stuff like that. So he's And Coco Pelle sold him the pan flute. No, he it, was behind the counter. No, someone no. So he we buy the pan flute and the next day it's our last day in Sedona. And Coco Pelle was your taxi driver. No, we never saw that guy again. <laughs> oh, come on. But at then on the next day Jesse is the one up on the vortex playing the pan flute like Jesse Coco turns Pelle. into Coco uh-huh. Pelle. And then did he shape shift? Then in 2 weeks I found out I was pregnant. Boom! All right. Wow. That's the story. That's a lot of coincidences. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's all I have to Believe say about in coincidences. that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty incredible. Okay. Um, oh, wait, I've just got to take that all in. That was a lot. Yeah. Well, that I was beautiful. A lot of incredible visuals. I would have loved it if you guys made love on the rock, under the moon, in the vortex with Coco Pelli playing. And then the spirit of your baby came down into you at that moment. Well, it just shows, though, that, like, you don't have to be, like, outside making love on a random vortex in order to still get your baby. Okay, that's true. (laughs) And so, okay, so I have one more question on this before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. So do you think that everything in our life is a coincidence? For example, so do you think that the day I walked into Cafe Gratitude and met Carrie, who was going to be my future husband... That was not a coincidence. Oh, no, I, guess I, I think, don't know what I'm asking. I think your spirits were like, walk in there, walk in there. <laughs> and you probably just thought it was your own idea. You're probably like, oh, I think I'll just walk in here. So the theory of you know, you know, kiss the girl like that song in um, Little Mermaid, where all the like the little fish and frogs yes. are trying to get yes. get Very inspire well. him to kiss I love the girl, that song. and he just thinks it's his idea in the end. Mm-hmm. But it's really like this whole spirit team, that's yeah, like, orchestrating. The yeah, whole it's thing. like that. Okay, cool. Got it. (laughs) So I guess the cliff notes are, for anyone who's really into this topic, next time you get a stream, and this can be your invitation for our listeners, next time you get a stream of coincidences rolling into your life, really take note of them and sit and meditate on what spirit is trying to communicate with you and follow that stream. Yes. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, that is our invitation, right? Follow your next stream of coincidences. Yeah. Read between the lines. Find out what spirit is trying to communicate with you. Let your mind go blank in meditation and see if the answer will come that and way as well. can you please let us know? Let us know. Oh, my god! Tell us your best coincidence stories. Yeah, write in the comments on our, um, on our show notes on our website and let us know your coincidence story. I have a couple of stories of coincidences, but I wasn't able to fit them in today, but maybe next time. 
Um, but I do believe in coincidences. I believe that it is a holistic effort between our mind, body, soul, spirit, and the cosmos oh, leading good. us all. So you've been convinced. Mm, I always thought that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna and I are going to hug it out right now. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, Jenna and I read the um, l- read the reviews people left on iTunes, and I we cried legitimately cried. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, we are making a difference, and people really do get it." And just knowing that what we're doing we can share with you and it makes a difference in your life and helps you in some way is the whole reason we do this so thank you so much for letting us know and um in that don't hesitate to leave comments because we read every single one and it makes our universe so thank you so much for being with us we couldn't do it without you and looking forward to having you with us next time ttfn Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.